Tell me a little bit about yourselves. You can't stand here we, because the bike got to ride by. I bet you didn't see this on the news. Bunch of black for Trump supporters out there in New York City. Of course, that didn't get coverage. No, these people were hateful. I saw all kinds of mean tweets like this one. Shout out to the guy who didn't hold the door open for Trump. The left are hateful, folks. These are people with Satan in their hearts. They cannot just disagree with someone. They hate you. They hate me. These people are full of hate. Whether they are the leftist, um, pregnancy terminating, foaming at the mouth, Roe v. Waiters, to the pervert and the deviants and the Satanists way up in government. Oh, BCP, you're calling them Satanists. Yes, where they openly are or aren't is not my point here. When you are trying to destroy the freedom and liberties that are God-given, when you are trying to destroy freedom and peace and you're warmongering, those are all satanic things. Death, destruction, and misery comes from the most miserable one himself. Now, folks, of course... That was just uh, a little taste of what happened in New York. Of course, when President Trump landed back in Florida and was on his way to Mar-a-Lago, people greeted him in the streets. And then when he got to Mar-a-Lago before giving his speech, President Trump took time to shake hands and greet people. He's got a lot of energy. He's not like slow Joe, China Joe. They have to space out his... Uh, we report on this. They have to, he's not going to the coronation of King Charles because it's too much it's too much for him. He's too old and doesn't have the energy. Let's say he was a, a good president. <laughs> Let's just imagine he was. He, he he couldn't do the job. He doesn't have the energy. Dr. Ronnie Jackson, also now a uh, representative from Texas, is absolutely correct. Now, before we go any further, let me start off my first clip of President Trump with Trump giving us hope. Just giving us hope. Let's start off on a positive vibe. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. All right, folks, at the end of the day, President Trump said with all the animus, with all the BS that's happening with this indictment against him, in the end, we will make America great again, even though we've got this dark cloud of third world country, banana republic tyranny over our heads with the crazy indictment of a former president over adding two misdemeanors to get a felony. We'll get into that here in just a moment, folks. Uh, Please excuse me. I woke up apparently with the flu this morning, totally fine uh, last night until about, I don't know, 10.30, whatever, just waiting uh, for my wife to go to bed. And all of a sudden I started getting chills and feeling sick. Um, And then, um, you know, I had chills throughout the night, but uh, I'm inspired by President Trump and everyone else is a warrior. So you get a little sniffles, get a little sick, you don't make it, uh, you don't let it stop you. You push forward ahead, but do please forgive me. I can barely hear myself uh, because of my stuffiness. Man, can you imagine what life was like before Mucinex and all these other over-the-counter drugs? Uh, Well, they use natural things, right? But anyway, they're helping me function right now with you. Okay, so look, this whole thing is going to backfire. And it's going to backfire monumentally. 
as clandestine put it, Trump came in, pleaded not guilty, walked out, took no questions, no handcuffs, no mugshots, no perp walk. All the optics from today's event benefit Trump. What do you think, Libs? Did they satisfy your get Trump fetish? I don't uh, think it did. All y'all did was poke the bear. And you know who the biggest loser uh, in this is? Well, putting it relatively. Ron DeSantis and any hope he had of trying to win the primary, the Republican primary. As I covered yesterday, Mike Cernovich, who was kind of on the DeSantis uh, train or whatever you want to call it. Let's not call it a train because it's a Trump train. But he was on the DeSantis side. He, he says there's, there's no way. Like, there's no way. And he wasn't the only one. Mark Levin, who's kind of been on the DeSantis side, feels the same way. He was supposed to be Barack Obama's third term with Hillary Clinton. And he stopped them. And this is payback. And they're not going to give up. We, the American people, need to stand behind this guy. There's not another Republican that I can think of who can fight back and fight back this way. I can't think, I like others. Folks, we are a Trump train channel, if you can't tell. But just in case you're here and you're not, that's fine. You may like DeSantis. I don't know, you may like Mike Pence. You may like Nikki Haley. But in 2024, the choice is clear. I really do. I think some of them would be great presidents. But at this time, at this moment, with these American Marxist movements taking over, with Soros funding these prosecutors, crime up the wazoo, he's the guy, and they know it. President Trump is the guy, and they know it. They're going after him. Do you see them doing this with DeSantis or anybody else? Did you see anything like this with Mitt Romney? No, they're trying to destroy President Trump. He's an outsider, not one of them. I can't believe that people still believe that Trump is controlled opposition, that he's part of the, the, the system and the game, and that this is all just a, a, a circus, and that, he, and that Trump is in on it. Come on, folks. That's not true. By the way, no one's in Gitmo. I love you, my brothers and sisters, but some of you are falling for some incredibly fake news. I see in the comments, oh, this doesn't matter, James. Uh, by the way, if you're not aware... My name is James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Sort of Patriot. No one's in Gitmo. Hillary Clinton's still alive. Everyone's still alive, and they're doing their evil. And they're working behind the scenes and openly to destroy our freedom and our democracy. And I, when I say our democracy, I don't mean their democracy. And I don't usually use that word because it's, we're not a tyrannical democracy. We are a constitutional representative form of government. We are a republic. But that is a form of democracy. And they've destroyed it. And they're destroying it. And President Trump doesn't want that. He wants to work for we the people. He is not beholden to them. And they want to destroy him by any means necessary. Even his staunch haters know that this is a weak case and is probably going to be dismissed very, very soon. If, uh, if not, it should be a very quick acquittal for President Trump. Even John Bolton who hates Trump, said this last night on CNN. One big picture, what do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's, it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a quick acquittal for Trump. All right, folks, I don't have a law degree, though... 
maybe I should talk about this on my BCP Unfiltered program. Uh, I was on my way to law school and I decided not to go. I, I can talk about that some other time on my other channel where I'm unfiltered and I go off on tangents. But I was able to pick out very clearly yesterday in, in last night's episode when Alvin Bragg pretty much screwed himself and said, hey, we took two misdemeanors to make a felony, but he never said what was the underlying crime that led to making the two misdemeanors a felony. And now we have more brilliant minds confirming my questions and my statements from last night. Let's bring in Georgetown, Washington. Uh, George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley. I know a lot of judges that would have been not too pleased to receive an indictment like this would have said, you know, what the heck is this? I mean, what are you alleging? And Bragg just sort of waved it off and said, I don't have to really say. Because this thing has the feeling of like a legal slurpee. It, it, it's instantly satisfying, but has no nutritional value. It, it, you, there's really nothing there. There's nothing there. I kind of like that uh, slurpee analogy. It's satisfying in the moment, but there's no nutritional value to it. Then later you get a stomach ache and then you throw it up and you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Now, one of the questions was, can Alvin Bragg actually bring this case? Because the FEC, the Federal uh, Elections Commission, they passed up on, they said there's no crime with the supposed hush, uh, uh, hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. They're like, there's no case here. The federal didn't bring it. So how did Alvin Bragg do it? He did it by kind of hiding how he did it. The only surprising thing is that Bragg seemed to have solved the question of his authority through ambiguity. He just removed any direct references to what this underlying offense was. And he was asked about it in the press conference and essentially said, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. And that's exactly what I put it out last night. All right, folks, so. I played you John Bolton on CNN saying that this thing is going to go away very quickly. There's nothing here. What does a great Jonathan Turley have to say? What does he think is going to go down? And he will eventually have to say in the bill of particulars. He will. So are you thinking that he's betting that this judge is just because it's this big of a case is not going to dismiss it? Yeah. It's like that scene in Braveheart when he says, I hope we didn't get dressed up for nothing. I mean, it's, he's hoping that this judge is going to be very timid and not throw this out. Now, he's not going to throw it out, Judge Merchan, because he is a political operative. This coming out last night, massive conflict of interest with Alvin Bragg's judge. And we're not just talking about the fact that his daughter works, works for Kamala Harris campaign and then now... Is a, works for a company that's that's connected to Kamala Harris. Now we have the judge himself. Massive conflict of interest with Alvin Bragg's judge. Judge Mercon didn't just contribute to Democrats. He contributed to stop Republicans. Sounds like the dude has a vendetta. ActBlue raised money for Alvin Bragg's campaign. Also, according to FEC data, Judge Juan Mercon donated to ActBlue uh, Mark, stop the Republicans, and Biden for president. Conflict of interest. They need to recuse themselves. Of course, they never do. But they should. But look, one thing that Jonathan Turley points out is that he's not the only judge that's going to be looking at this. So there, it may fall apart before it even gets to him in a form of a trial. But there are substantial threshold legal questions here. And this case could collapse 
uh, before it gets to a trial. And this is not the only judge that will have to look at this. And I think that has to weigh heavily on him because uh, there's no there there. There's no there there. This whole thing is a Mickey Mouse production. But you would think if you were going to indict a president, you would you would rise to that moment of history and tell people with precision what it is that you want to convict him on. All right, folks. So it looks like this one's going to fall apart. Remember, once again, this was passed up by the FEC. Alvin Bragg originally and his predecessor did not bring this forward. They just cobbled something together and it's half baked. It's half ass and it's going to fall apart. All right, let's get into President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. And he snuck in some things that had nothing to do with this trial, with this sham hoax number 17 or whatever number we're at right now. He talked about something that's going to crush us that they are actively doing right now. But before we get to that, here's a good segment, a good clip from yesterday. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. That's what President Trump has done since before day one as president during his first term. Now, Donald Trump is a historic figure. You think if he was Mitt Romney, they'd give a damn? No. No. You think if he, frankly, was a Bush, that they'd give a damn? No. Let's go back to Mark Levin. He does a great job breaking down all the great things that, not all the great things, but many of the great things that President Trump has done and why the establishment, the globalists, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, absolutely hate President Trump and are out to get him and stop him in 2024. Look at Trump today. He gives his speech at Mar-a-Lago. This is a man who's committed to fighting these abuses, who's committed to fighting these Marxists, who's committed to fighting the tyranny. He talks about securing the border. They don't want to secure the border. He talks about sound money. They don't want sound money. Remember that because we're coming back to it. It's very important. He talks about building up the military. They want a woke military. He backs the cops. They hate the cops. And I could go on and on and on. Look what he did to our economy. Look what he did with energy independence. Everything that Trump did that was good for the people, for America, for America first, for our peace and prosperity, Joe Biden unraveled on day one as the puppet of the CCP and the Georgie Porgie Zorro uh, 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 Obama coalition. Folks, President Trump, at the end of the speech, he talked about the tyranny. He talked about the animus toward him. He talked about the 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 players in the, all these legal battles that he's uh, going through. But it was at the very end of his speech where he talked about the worst thing in the history of this country that could defeat us. Let me play you a clip and then we'll go back and put it in context. Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. That will take us away from being even a great power. Did you catch that when President Trump said the worst defeat in 200 years of our country? would be the decimation of the dollar, of our currency. 
Folks, they've been trying to do that by design for a very, very long time. Let me play you what President Trump said leading up to that statement so we can see the context. Russia has joined with China. Can you believe that? Saudi Arabia has joined with Iran. The world is moving away from the dollar, and you won't believe what China just did. According to a new report from oilprice.com, China reported its first trade of liquefied natural gas that was settled in Chinese yuan and not U.S. dollars. China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have formed together as a menacing and destructive coalition would have never happened. But why is this important? Don't forget, the US dollar has dominated energy transactions for decades. But after the United States imposed sanctions on Russia, Middle Eastern countries now want to diversify. Just look at Saudi Arabia, a once close ally of the United States, just entered into a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, and four other Central Asian nations. These developments come just weeks after China went to the Middle East and brokered the largest peace deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran. If I were your president, it would never have happened. President Trump very, very clearly warning about the destruction of the U.S. dollar and our economy, all by design by the globalists that don't want U.S. prominence and strength. And one thing I love about President Trump, of course, is that he's not just a prosperity president. He is a peace president, unlike the warmongering bastards in the neocon, neolib, Republican establishment, and Democrat parties of the United States of America. They want war and destruction. President Trump wants peace, not just here at home, but abroad. Nor would Russia attacking Ukraine have happened. All of those lives would be saved. All of those beautiful cities would be standing. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. That will take us away from being even a great power. As I covered extensively years ago, President Trump was working with the World Bank to cut off uh, or limit China from being able to build their economy off of low interest rates that we were subsidizing through and the rest of the world through the World Bank. He had uh, was a David Milpis in there who was doing an excellent job. But of course, everyone's been replaced by big bankers and globalists that want to keep the money for themselves and CCP and not worry or care about the decimation of our wealth as Americans in the U.S. dollar, which is a fiat currency and a sham and was slated to fall and be crushed sooner or later. Unfortunately, this fake currency that we've had under this, uh, let's call him Manchurian candidate, the former vice president, President Trump is warning us that it looks like it might be sooner than later. I have more reports for you throughout uh, the, the week, and I probably will have another report for you later today if I can get my stuffiness under control. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. Please don't forget to check out um, our other programming. But first, make sure you like, share, and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Check out our sister channel here on YouTube, uh, the BCP Report, and our other show called BCP Unfiltered. Uh, the links to all of that are down below. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless.